This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, your truly Kickin' Life guru, Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as Rocky says, nothing hits harder in life. It's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be your very, very best. I want to inspire and motivate you to believe in yourself. So when, not if, but when life knocks you down, you get right back up with that confidence that I can take on more, I can do more, and I can live my best kick in life. All right, so buckle up, saddle up, here we go. everyone, your Kicking Life Guru Master Rich Grogan here. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Episode number 60. Holy smokes, number 60. Coming at you live. Wow, 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 wow. And we have special guest today. He's on just about every podcast for a little three to five, six minute session, but we've got him for the whole hour this time. And that is Professor Brandon Beliso. Professor, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Happy 60th episode there, sir. <laughs> Thank you awesome. very, very much. Yes, and you've been a part of uh, a lot of them, and I'm so very grateful. And the listenership and our listeners, our audience is so very grateful. Uh, our our numbers continue to grow, which is outstanding, and that means we're doing a great job of impacting countless lives and growing to help them live their best kick in life. Well, good stuff. So, Professor, how's things going out there in uh, San Francisco? All good? Everything's amazing. I just got back from Cozumel. I was out there for cause talks. I was a lot of, with a lot of amazing teachers, as well as being able to teach. So I learned. I learned much. Awesome. I learned much, as one would say. Always a student, right? Yeah. Always a student, never master. One of the things I talked about passionately was learners are earners. We've heard that all the time, but it's ironic. One of the things we say in our school is learn to earn. So if you learn to earn things, then you find value and self worth and self confidence. We live in such an instant gratification culture where if something's just handed to you, handed to you, you almost feel entitled. We've heard that. Kids today feel they're entitled. Well, adults are no different. They walk around wondering why they're not successful. It's because they're not willing to put in the hard work. So if you learn to earn things, uh, I think your mindset, your mindset shifts, and it offers you the opportunity of prosperity. Oh, absolutely wonderful. I mean, you're right. You're exactly right. Instant gratification. And think about it. In this world we're in right now, if it takes longer than seven seconds for our phone to load up, we're having a little temper tantrum. And that's unfortunately... Yes, we are. Yeah. And that's the world these kids are growing up in. And as you said, instant gratification. I want it yesterday. And obviously with Amazon and everything else, you know, there's no longer waiting anymore. You can have everything you want right at your fingertips, which leads to a lot of that entitlement, uh, excuse me, entitlement mindset. I want it. I want it. I want it. And it's really, really hard. I mean, uh, we've got a, a background where we've had to work hard to get what we've got, but a lot of people, uh, sometimes that background gets covered up with right now. You forget to learn to earn because I want it now because I'm used to getting it well, right now. And, and, and see, but there's a thin line there, right? We teach passionately about Kyoshi Kovar. We'll say that. Satori in the moment. And if you really want to be at peace, you really need to be fully present in the moment. And people, I think, misconstrued that and often think, Rich, that in the moment means right now. I should have this right now. Well, you can have peace right now if you're in this moment. You can get all the lessons you need to learn right now if you're in the moment. 
we know anything great is earned over time. Like I think one of the most prolific crops is a blueberry, right? But you think about it, you got to rot- rototill the ground, you got to plant that seed, you got to prune it, water it, watch it. I think it takes like three seasons before it finally produces blueberries. I think it's something absurd like that. But that's a classic example that you can't look at a young sapling and tug it and say, give me fruit, give me fruit, give me fruit. That's simply not going to happen. So once we cannot reconcile, but embrace the fact that greatness is built over time, that will be willing to put in that work. Oh, absolutely. Well, there's uh, you know, several examples of that. The, uh, the water heist, and I've got that from Jeff Olson's book, The Slide Edge, how it takes uh, 30 days before it really does anything, then in a matter of, uh, I guess, 28 days, then in a matter of days, bang, the whole pond is covered with this. And then also, I believe it's the, uh, is it the Chinese bamboo for five years, nothing happens, and then suddenly it all, you know, all the things that happen are underground. You can't see it. And then suddenly that thing shoots up to 15, 20 foot in the air. Right, right. Absolutely. But I, I think what perpetuates that that is really the challenge is we, you know, I think Titnot Han said that really well. You don't need a smartphone to tell you you're smart. <laughs> you don't need a Fitbit to tell you you're healthy. So I think the problem, the problem or the epidemic, I'm going to even say, is that critical thinking is bred out of people, Rich, because I can simply Google it. Yep. You know? I just Google. I, we were in the house the other day. I asked my son something about Walt Disney, a report he's working on. You know what he does? Alexa, what year was Walt <laughs> Disney born? Oh, my God. And I said, wow. I mean, there's no effort, so there's no critical uh, thinking. There's no process of trial and error, of failing, you know, and, and figuring things out. That's something that I think is being bred out of people. But on the flip side of that, look at someone like Elon Musk, that latest SpaceX launch. Yeah. You know, he trimmed $40 million off takeoff because he made reusable rockets. Did you see the video of those rockets come back to Earth and land? I, I did the, not. The, the booster rockets? I you did. ought to see it. It's like something out of a sci-fi movie. So this, the rocket goes up, the booster rockets, fall, booster rockets fall off, and they come back to Earth perfectly, and they land where they started. These oh two rockets in symmetry. That he just turned $40 million off the whole you know, launching process. And people thought he was crazy. Well, so there, there is people, there are still people out there like that, but I think the majority as a whole, and it, to me, it's, it's epidemic and very scary, Rich, because people sure. are falling in line like sheep. You know, I sing that song. Don't fall in line like sheep being led to slaughter. You know, find your own path, live your version of success. And it's just challenging when we can just simply Google it because it does. It almost um, conditions people to become dependent upon that. Yes, know? it does. That's the term smartphone. Smart. Um, I, I, need, I, I need this phone so I can be smart. I must have this phone. You know, that's scary. That's scary. Yeah, I've got a buddy who still has, a, uh, believe it or not, he's just got an old phone. He calls it a dumb phone because he doesn't need a smartphone. Now he's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, and I respect him for that. I, I don't know that, uh, well, I, I would be a hypocrite to say I do that because I don't. But uh, yeah, that's, that's who he is, and he's content with being that. And, uh, you know, praise him for, for doing that. The Elon well, Musk thing. I'm sorry, go ahead, sir. Yeah. I, I just think it really needs to be a balance. I think oh, they both gosh, serve yes. a purpose. I utilize technology to leverage my business and everything else that I do, but I'm ever mindful at a heart level, at a soul level, at a human level, that I need to constantly engage with other humans. I need to constantly try to figure things out on my own to continue the path of self discovery and nurturing my critical thinking. Absolutely. 
and, and with uh, Elon Musk, it, it, a lot of times you hear people say, well, I'll never be like him. I'll never be like her. And we talk about this at, at length uh, all the time. You know, you won't be. You'll be the best you can be. But we've all got a little bit of that Elon Musk in us. We just have to find what that purpose is. And he had countless and countless, I've seen, I don't know how many interviews with him, failures on all these uh, attempts. But he said in the interviews, at no point in time was he ever going to give up because he had a uh, in his mind, what he wanted, it was just a matter of time to make it happen. And he has. And yeah. he continues yeah. to evolve. And he said he, trim, he trimmed $40 million off his uh, uh, expenditures. $40 million off every takeoff. Every, every time a rocket leaves and goes into outer space, whatever payload, it might be a you know, space station, whatever, $40 million because those rockets just don't fall off and go into the ocean and you can't use them ever again. They come back and land on the launching pad. It's the most bizarre thing, you know, because it's an image you've never seen in our life. Sure. We've never seen a rocket come back to Earth and land perfectly on the launching pad. Two of them in symmetry landed on the launching pad together. <laughs> That's evolution. Continue to evolve, you know, finding a better way. That's absolutely excellent. Well, I- isn't that what we're trying to do, Rich? Oh, we're gosh. each trying to become a better versions of ourselves every day. Yes, sir. And that's why that's that when we say, I wish I knew today, you know, when I was <laughs> at 18. Well, hopefully you should be saying that because you should be evolving. <laughs> if if you're I still not saying like that, an, right. <laughs> yeah, if I behave like an 18-year-old at 56, I'm in big trouble. Yes, sir. I'm in big trouble. <clears throat> well, and exactly. That's what we're uh, – we've got to – phrase at the studio we use all the time i've got it kind of pounded in the instructor's head the staff's head and now the kids and students evolve or dissolve you've got to continue to evolve with the times and things change i mean we're going through a huge shift in our uh, with our curriculum mainly our self-defense because as we know self-defense was created with the martial arts i guess mostly for teenage men going to the military and if when the uh, you're engaged by the enemy you take them out well things are a little different nowadays especially I'm trying to help these kids on the playground. You're not just going to stomp this kid to death because he, you know, put a fist in your face or he grabbed your wrist. There's got to be other ways. It's got to be effective, but we don't need to, you know, in this kid's life either. So we're kind of going through a big change there, and it's an evolution. It's got to be the right yeah, thing to do. But it is, but remember, 3% of the population will ever get into a street fight right. or being in a self-defense situation. Yep. And I saw this, This it might have been a 60-minute interview, I don't know, and it was this hardcore Navy SEAL Obviously, you know, he couldn't say, but he had killed many people in war. And the first thing he said, if I can run, I will run. If you don't have your hands on me and I can run, I would run. He said, this is no movie. This is real life. And if you have an out like running, then run. He says, only become self-defense when they put their hands on you. So that's when things change. Yeah. And so I'm learning that too. I'm more important that my kids can process being bullied and not end up hanging themselves. You know, that they have that type of resilience to deal with failure, that type of resilience, because we know success is failure is part of that success. Yes, it is. Right. I failed a million times. If I can't process failure and be okay with that process and not beat myself up into a hole of depression to where I become suicidal, then, you know, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And people would like to magnify and say, well, no, there's more killings today. No, there wasn't. Mm-mm. I mean, it's just we, we have the ability of YouTube and social media and all this. We just get it gets amplified because of social media. We get to see this more. But let, you know, talk about the crusade. Talk about the Christians being fed to the lions. Talk about the plague. You know, historically, I mean, there's always been war. There's always been death. There's always been famine. We just think it's on a such grander scale. So we, we, we get bombarded with this sense of, of, almost being defeated and negativity. So 
So I, I tell people, don't watch too much news. No. Be very careful that you make that part of your conditioning. You know, there's been earthquakes for millions of years. There'll always be earthquakes. There'll always be tornadoes. There's not more of them now. But it just seems like there's more because we have the ability to see them all over the world. So it really puts people in a sense of despair. And I believe, I truly believe that's one of the many reasons why people wake up and decide the best thing to do is take a gun and go kill a bunch of people. Yep. Well, you know? the, so it, you, it's the media. What, what, what bleeds leads. And they continue to pound our brains mm-hmm. with that stuff. Yeah, and I'm the do. same way. I say, you know, they thrive on the two weakest human emotions, fear and anger. They thrive on those. And those are the things they continue well, to pollute. Fear, yeah, but fear, it, it's actually, it's actually, it's different in marketing. It's fear and sex. Yeah. It's fear yeah. and sex. Those are the two number one ways to sell. Sure. Sell, but with marketing. people, the shift, the shifts, well, the shifts happening. You saw that with uh, Mark Zuckerberg making about face, you know, with Facebook lost $3.3 billion in one day. But he understands if I let Facebook continue to be this animal that the Russians can get into and, and affect an election where people can just buy ads, these big companies are bombarding you with ads. I'm just like everybody else. The whole platform of social media is no longer social media. It's again been used by everybody else and manipulated and turned into this animal that it wasn't meant to be. So I thought that was a bold move on his part. Very bold. I, I didn't uh, Post like comments. Oh, you didn't see that? Uh-uh. Please share. Uh, he, he, he went with. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it was like a month ago. He made a whole about face. The algorithms are going to change. It's going to be more expensive to advertise, harder to run ads. You know, here's a classic example. I've got my success never sleeps. I take it from my page. I share it to a bunch of groups. You know what happened? Facebook blackballs me for a week. This content is not cool. Now, if I create a group page. And I build a tribe and everyone's hanging out and liking, commenting, and posting. Facebook loves that. And then if people share from my group, Brandon's got this success never sleeps, it'll take. Or if I physically go into the group page myself and upload a video, it'll take. But if I just simply bombard people with ads and boosting and stuff like that, they're going to frown upon that tremendously. Tremendously. So that whole thing of cultivating a tribe. You know me, I'm big on owning that oh, three to yes, five mile are. radius. Yeah, that three to five mile radius. I don't know if you saw just in the past week, we were at a big thing with the Chamber of Commerce, the uh, Board of Education. You know, it was a big gala fundraiser thing. We gave $3,000. We gave a birthday party. We gave a week of camp. We watched all the kids so the parents could go to this gala. And we bought VIP seating. So, I mean, that type of community impact. The week prior to that, my business got the outstanding business that gives more to the community than any other business in, in Millbrae. I mean, that's, I'm huge on that, owning that three to five mile radius, doing everything we can to create relationships of trust. And you, you tell me just because you Google it that you're going to trust that as lore? <laughs> yep. That's crazy. There's no research there. There's no proven data. You just Google it and think, okay, it's truth. That's scary. It's it a very scary, scary time. Well, the, the community, the, like the you spin said, doctors, service. right? Well, and the spin doctors, the spin doctors that have been around forever, <laughs> you know, that spin yeah. the news. To, yeah. to make it work to them at, at something. So that's why I think it's important for people to unplug from the matrix. And you know me, I use social media as much as anybody. We're yeah. doing it right now with this podcast. But to take that life and balance to unplug from the matrix, leave the cell phone in the car when you go for a walk, leave the cell phone in the car when you go into a restaurant. You know, don't keep that cell phone by your bed like so many people do, which is unhealthy for you. You know, I mean, all those different things. There has to be a system of checks and balances. Otherwise, you're right. We're heading down a slippery slope that, you know, because there's no proven data what that means in 20 to 30 years behaving this way, how that's going to impact. 
Well, so put down the iPad, put down the yep. smartphone, get out there and hug a tree. Yeah. Well, just get out there and hug your neighbor. Just talk to your neighbor. And we oh, uh, absolutely. We have a thing in the Grogan household. When we go out to dinner, and we're trying to do a little bit more because my son's 17 now, so he's getting a little bit older. But when we go out, they know. And this has been the way for several years now. The smartphones, the phones don't even come in the restaurant anymore. They just stay out. And Good. we had that rule for a while, but then I was being the hypocrite about it. I'd get a text, get an email or whatever, and I'd be on it. And they're like, hey, how come Dad gets to be on his phone? And I would say, oh, well, well, this is business. Well, to a kid, mm. texting is business. So I'm like, what am I doing here? So we, we, we've knocked it. I mean, it's a no-brainer now. It's just because we've conditioned ourselves to do that. But it, starting back with the phones, we conditioned ourselves to bring the phones in and start doing that. So we had to uncondition or unlearn that process. But now we do it. And my son, my youngest son, Emmett, he's nine, will look around the restaurant from time to time, and there'll be countless families, all four or five members, are all on their devices. And he'll say, wow. Yeah. They're not having a very good family meal, are they? I'm like, no, buddy. I said, I'm glad you're seeing that. That's why we don't have the devices. So it's, it, is it tough? Yeah, or was at first, but we just unlearned that behavior. We've reconditioned that, and now family time, which is, as we know, the most sacred time, or time in general, is the most sacred thing on the planet because we only get so much of it. Well, and one of the things I spoke about passion in Cosimo was at the point I'm at in my life, the best use of money is to buy time. So I'm at home every night, just about four, at least, you know, I'd say six out of seven nights a week. I'm at home, 6.30, at a table, having dinner with my family. You know, I'm there for soccer, swimming. I take my kids to martial arts. I take them. I sit and do homework with them. I can't look at my kid when she's 10 and she's six now and say, please be six. Papa has time. You don't get a second chance on some things. There is no tomorrow, as they said in Rocky Three. <laughs> there is so no I tomorrow. So I think being mine. Yeah, and being mindful of that, of that. And, and, you know, the more things change, Rich, the more they stay the same. Mm -hmm. Family values are good today as they were a thousand years ago. I mean, that part of it never changes. So recognize that, too, that even though technology and evolution and we're evolving, all those different things, that fundamentally, we're still human. We're still human, and that's what separates us from animals, that ability to to either be really great or be super horrible. You know, we, we have that ability as humans. And the minute we stop being human and we let technology be everything, we're in really, really sad shape. Absolutely. Well, sad. Jim Rome talks a lot about, you know, being the, the human species. We're the only species on the planet that can change our path, change our direction, change who we are. You know, a dog is a dog. A tree can't say, mm -hmm. you know what? I don't like being a weeping willow anymore. I want to be an oak tree. You know, I don't like being a yep. onion plant. I want to be a strawberry patch. They can't yep. do that, but yet we can. Nope. And Jim Rome goes into great detail about that because we have the ability to do it. Every day, you know, we're one second away from making a decision that's going to help us become better or make us help us become worse. Either way, but we have that choice. And a lot of that is all about ourselves and what we put in our mind, well, what we plant. Yeah. And uh, that's yes, the sir. seeds and what, you yeah. know, the seeds we plant, the seeds we cultivate, we nurture, and that's what we're going to produce. And that's the big thing I've been trying to, I don't know, the kick in life everywhere I go with the speeches to the kids at school, at the studio, and even to uh, several parenting groups lately, all about planting those right seeds. And if, if you're not getting the right seeds from social media, then change your channels. You know, stop, stop liking those horrible, ugly things. Start liking other things. Start reading more, posting Plant the seeds that you want because you have the ability to change and make the life you want. That's, that's, that's in line with two of the other things I did at my last talk. 
I, I share that passionately that inner peace is the new success mm. because people are recognizing bigger house, bigger car, different relationship, more and more money, you know, that gets to a certain point, especially here in the Bay Area, San Francisco with Silicon Valley. We have Tesla, Facebook, YouTube, Apple. There's a lot of money here. And these young kids are waking up out of startups and they're multimillionaires by the time they're 30. And they're going, well, okay, I got all the toys and everything. And I'm still the same miserable kid I was when I was 18. What's going on here? So people are truly recognizing that inner peace is the new success. Thus is why the work days are getting shorter. You know, look at companies like Sweden. I mean, countries like Sweden and elsewhere where people work life balance is really crucial. So when you work with millennials and I work with millennials and Zs, you know, they're very mindful of that, mm-hmm. that I need a work-life balance. And if I, as, as, a, as an employer, uh, I'm not going to work with that, then I'm not going to have a very good team. So I think inner peace is the new success. Another thing I talked about passion was love, block, and delete, especially with social media. <laughs> There's so many unhappy people, and I do. I wish you love, block, and delete. That's simple. I don't even think twice now. I wish you love, block, and delete. And it's done. And it's done because... I mean, to spend that time you know, with someone that's going to harass you through social media or attack you is, is not healthy. And that's one of the downfalls of social media, right? Oh, that's beautiful. And that's one of the downfalls. The love first. I like that. <clears throat> I like that a lot. Uh, love, love them for who they are, you know, and you know what? They can have their opinion, and I respect that they have that right. But I'm not going to allow mm-hmm. that to influence me in any negative way, and I'm definitely not going to engage in a battle with them because it gets back to the first point we talked about, time. Do I want to spend time engaged in battle with someone I can't see, someone I don't know, and someone that maybe has nothing better to do? Or do I want to spend that time with the people I care about, the people I love, and the people that I know I can impact in a positive way? So love, well, not block, only, delete, and, and love not, it. Not only, not only impact, they impact you as well, Rich. Yep. I say that in, in my bullying seminars. Does the bully take you to Disneyland? No. Does the bully help you when you have a tummy ache at night? No. Does the bully give you the best hug? No. But who cares what the bully says? I don't. You know, oh, I mean, the only, the only, yeah, the only people I, I'm concerned is my wife, <clears throat> the mentors that I love and trust, my team. I mean, I'll take into what they say into consideration in that processing. But honestly, the bullies, the trolls, and, and for me, there are many because I am a disruptor in this industry. I've brought on a new way of doing business, and it's a threat to all these people that have done it one way for so long. And so I get attacked in videos and everything on a regular basis. So I've learned to love, block, and delete, you know, quite simply and easily. And, you know, my circle gets smaller and smaller. And, and I'm ever mindful of that. Yeah, well, but that smaller circle, though, you're having more committed tribe members, those <clears throat> that well, not only believe in you, but are going to go to battle for you by doing their best to take your message and spread it to the world. So even though it may be a smaller circle, mm-hmm. that circle's a heck of a lot stronger than, you know, with a, a bigger circle. And I wanted to talk about the disruptor. Well, uh, well go ahead, sir. I, I just want to make mm-hmm. sure uh, well, it, we get on that it, it, because you are doing some amazing things with shaking up the martial arts industry. And for all our martial arts friends out there, you know, you hear Professor Beliso on the podcast every single week talk about different segments in different areas. But if you're not checking out his uh, disruptor page and all the other wonderful things he's doing to help evolutionize our martial arts community folks check that out and others outside the martial arts community you can use some of these same concepts the love delete block or love block delete to to enhance your own life but also whatever business whatever line your work you're in you can utilize these concepts because it's all about coming from the heart to do the right thing but not allowing others that really don't matter don't let them matter then 
When I think it's recognizing too, Rich, that the heart does not live in drama. The heart doesn't want pain. The heart doesn't want drama. It's a conditioned mindset that loves drama. Thus, soap operas are still around. Thus, the Inquirer <laughs> sells millions and millions of copies. People love to see that Angelina Jolie is anorexic and divorcing Brad Pitt because their lives don't look so jacked up as this rich, famous movie star. So people love drama. Oh, that's they good. simply do. People simply do. And, and if you choose to live in that mindset, then, you know, that's why I think people live in dysfunctional relationship and hang around dysfunctional people. If you're mess, more messed up than I am, then I'm not so <laughs> I'm messed not so up. Bad, right? I'm not so bad, right? right? <laughs> but, but to stand in a room of healthy, balanced people, you know, someone posted a picture of Jeff Bezos, right? The Amazon guy. And a picture of him in 2000. And he looks like this geeky, nerdy dude in, in a JCPenney suit. And then they posted a picture of him now, one of the richest men in the world. And he looks like he's, he's from Jurassic Park. He's got on this, you know, sleeveless puffer vest. And he's got on these cool shades. And he looks like he's like on a big game safari. And he's buffed. And he's buffed up. He's put on weight. And he looks, you know, he looks like the Terminator. So, you know, success breeds success. And I want to hang around people that are better than me. I'm not going to spar somebody I can beat all day long. I want to spar someone that can kick my butt up and down the floor because I'm going to get better. But am I, through self-discovery, Rich, going to be so secure that I'm okay with getting my butt kicked? Yes. You know, because, yep. because I want to learn the lessons. Am I okay standing in a room full of people that are 10 times richer than me and being able to hold my own with an open heart and an open mind so I could learn the lessons I need to from these people and not walk around going, how about that's not me? Well, that's not me. How about, yeah, yeah, well, what about him? You know, he's been divorced for a time. He may have more money. I could do that crap all day long, Rich, yep. but I want to walk in a room of people that, that I feel can elevate my game. So I got to hang around with people that might have something I need and be well enough in my own skin so I can get those messages in a healthy, loving way so I can apply them to my life. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Well, and I share often yeah. that I've learned far more in defeat than I ever did in success, meaning when uh, we used to fight a little bit and then played hockey at a very high competitive level, anytime I won, I mean, that was great. That was the goal, you know, striving for victory. But a lot of times, that's why I always say it's harder to stay on top than it is to get on top because you have that fight, that eye of the mm -hmm. tiger, if you will, to battle to get mm -hmm. there. And when you get there, you lose a little bit of that edge. You know, anytime I won, I didn't take away near as much as when I lost. It's like, what could I have done differently? What should I have done this? So I learned more in defeat than I did in success. But you got to be humble yeah. enough to admit it. And number two, you got to be <laughs> inspired enough to say, you know what? I got to tip my hat. That guy had me today. Or, you know, this team played much better than I did today. But what can I do to improve on that? I'm not going to allow that to beat me down. I mean, I hated losing. I I still don't like losing, but it's a mindset. If you allow it to beat you down, then you give them quit, like Rocky Three, which I reference a lot. You know, he lost that eye of the tiger. He knew he was fighting second-rate contenders uh, going at it, but Mickey was trying to protect him. But then, of course, when it came out, Clubber Lang beat the tar out of him, and he lost it. But he needed to get back to the mm -hmm. foundation. And exactly what you're saying there, it's hard. It really, really is. But that's well, who, you do, who you yeah. are. Especially if you're an entrepreneur other than the IRS who tells you what to do. <laughs> Nobody. So, so becoming your own cheerleader <clears throat> is really important. But can you become your own cheerleader with a sense of humility and gratitude and true self-worth and true self-confidence? Not ego, narcissism, not narcissism and all those other unhealthy. See, people mistake that. 
It's hard to toot your own horn without society going, yep. wow, you're so full of yourself. Wow, you have ego, right? There's a thin line. So can I be, be my own best cheerleader? And, and that makes the, the, the brutal honesty of pulling back your own covers and going, hey, you know, this is, this is the cards I've been dealt. I can't fold. I can't change cards. So I'm going to play this hand to the best of my ability. Because if you don't recognize those things, then you, you can't improve upon them. So I've really, really learned that. I've really learned to create that balance. But it's about being relentless. You know, that book, I think it's by Tim Carver. God, I don't remember the name offhand. But the book is called no, Relentless. relentless. That's, and he uh, talks about Yep, that's it. And he talks about that. You know, it's, like you said, it's easy to get to the top of the mountain, but staying on the top of the mountain is the hard thing. Day in, day out, 24-7, 365, you know, relentless. I am relentless in what I do and everything that I do. But there is a balance. Yes, sir. When it's time, like you said, put down that cell phone for the family dinner, that phone goes down because there ain't nothing that can't wait. There's nothing that can't wait till I finish this quality family time or my own personal quality time when I meditate or work out or do what I do. But I'm relentless. I am relentless. <laughs> and that's why 18 years later, here we are still cultivating this disruptor movement. So to talk about the disruptor movement, it really is just that. You know, it's not just disrupting. You know, we've came into an industry, and there are a lot of people without contracts, upgrades, belt testing fees. You know, they look to maximize. They call it maximizing. So if a student's paying you 100 bucks a month, you want to maximize it so he's paying you 300 400 500 through upgrades, upsells. I don't believe in that. I never have. I never will. But I needed to create this business model, a successful business model that didn't exist. We have the starving artists in our industry. Oh, I don't charge belt testing fees. I don't have contracts. Yeah, but you charge 29 bucks a month and you teach out of your garage. You know, yep. if you've been around for 40 years. If that's your version of success, hey, rock and roll, man. That's your gig. But I want to be profitable. I like living in what my home's $1.7 million. I like living in that home coming from welfare and food stamps. I like taking my, my family to Alani in Hawaii at a thousand bucks a night for a room. I like giving my wife and kids whatever they want. I like paying my team really well. I like walking into a store and not even counting my pennies and being able to buy whatever I want when I used to have to buy all my clothes in the secondhand store, you know, where my parents fought because electricity was going to get turned off tomorrow. Money was a source of pain. I like that. So when I recognize that, wow, I can live a values-based life I can create a service-based business and be extremely profitable. It's my version of success. And, and I'm very passionate about that. And I tell people, because I was the starving artist, I, was rom I romanticized it, Rich. Oh, but I starve for my art. That's not a cliche. It's been around forever because it's so true. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the art. Well, great. You know, I think Sam, of, uh, of my financial guy, said this really well. It's okay to be young and broke. To be old and broke, not so good. Wow. Not so good. That's a right not hook so good. I don't want to be old and broke. I don't want to be old and broke. I like having, you know, if you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, one of my favorite books. Robert Kiyosaki. I have the three things Absolutely. he said. Yeah. I own, you know, several real estate things. I have a healthy portfolio and I have a successful business. And they're all three legs of a stool, you know, and, and they're balanced and rooted in good values. Right, Good to Great by Jim Collins talks yep. about that. Every successful business that is sustainable and growth-oriented lives by a set of values they do not deter from, and that's important. Sure. Well, in my the last podcast, I talked about those core values, and any time I would breach, and our core values at the Academy, honor, integrity, discipline, and respect. Everything kind of revolves around that, and any time in the past that I've breached those core values, 
I've paid dearly for it. I've paid dearly for it. And, uh, and our goal is to do everything we can to create the best possible experience for people coming into the academy. And we call it karate fun for the kids on the mat with martial arts disciplines and values, meaning they're going to have mm-hmm. a good time learning, but they're going to smile. They're going to sweat. They're going to learn. They're going to have the and our, our two requirements, attitude and effort. To, do your, to have the attitude to do your best and the effort to actually do it, and the skill will take care of itself. And if you do those things, and not everybody's going to buy into that program. And our thing, it's, it's a lengthy process to get your black belt. Not everybody gets a belt. Not everybody gets a stripe. We're going to do everything we can to help the kids get there, but the kids inevitably have to do it. And I explain to the parents, look, the reason for that, one, it's the right thing to do. One, it's building those values. It's building that respect of earning something. And I said the most important thing is confidence is something you can't fake. You have to grow it. And I can't be with these kids on the playground when somebody comes up to hurt them. They have to believe in themselves from what they've earned and learned. And you know, and before, I would sacrifice a little bit, and I was embarrassed to say it, but it's just the honest and goodness truth, those values because – I don't know. Well, we're going to quit if he doesn't get his belt. Well, let's see what we can do. Now, I'm all about helping them achieve success, but for me to breach my values, I paid dearly for it. And it reminds me of my grandma, Bonnie, (laughs) would always say, Richie, what is your integrity worth? If you sell it for $100 today, what are you going to sell it for tomorrow? Your integrity is something you can't, that builds your character. You can't shake it. And you know what? I'm young and dumb. I didn't listen to her. I thought, oh, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Well, the people that I did that with, what happens? Something else come along, and they end up quitting anyway. But I had lost who I was in the process, and it was a painful journey. Well, and I think that's in line though with that, Rich, is especially being in the position of a head instructor, the boss, the owner, the CEO. Is is it really our values, or is it our ego? Yeah. Is it our fear? <laughs> is 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 our fear of looking incompetent or less than? That's a tough one right there for me. Each and every yeah. day. I can always count on my six-year-old daughter to set me straight. She's brutally honest. She has no conditioned thinking. <laughs> so, so I'm very mindful of that, too, because so many people, it's about honor. It's Okay, so let me get this straight. You do contracts because you want to teach someone to be honorable and committed. Okay, great. Rationalize that behavior, right? Yep. So I don't believe that. I believe if I teach great classes, they stay on their own. And so if I'm going to make somebody stay or force them to stay or, you know, when somebody wants to quit my school, go into guerrilla mode, lock them in the office. If nothing works, tell them what a bad parent they are. Tell them how can they let their kid be a quitter or worst case scenario, hold them to the contract. You know, I had a dad come in yesterday and his daughter quit a couple of weeks ago, but he wanted to talk to me. And I said, absolutely. You know, we had that whole conversation. He says, you know, why I'm talking to you because you, you didn't hassle me. You know, when I quit, you didn't give me the third degree. You know, you send me a thank you postcard and thank us for, you know, we say on the postcard, thank you for allowing us to serve you. If you ever want to continue your martial arts journey, we'll be right here waiting. He says, that's amazing. Most of the time you quit something or you want to opt out, you know, they send you, we're going to keep you and collect money on you and you can't quit and this and that. It's really amazing that your organization doesn't do that. I said, well, because I need to honor you. I need to respect you as a person. And for whatever reason, your quitting is irrelevant. What supersedes whatever the reason may be is the fact that you, the person, has made a choice for your daughter, and I, as a human being, should respect and honor your decision without question. And he looked at me like, wow, that's why I'm here. Because, you know, people can just quit and not even talk to me, right? This guy made it a point to set an appointment and come talk to me because he knew it was the honorable thing because I always offered him that honor and respect. 
Because so you created the, martial the arts school You created the honor. Right. Absolutely. So the martial arts school owner, I'm going to tell you, you know, make their exit just as amazing as their entrance. Yep. Think how much love we give a brand new student coming through that front door. Or think of our relationship with our own wife or husband. How much love did we give them when we were dating? How much song and dance did we do? Right? Yep. Think about that. Well, same thing. Every day when I wake up and I kiss my wife, how many times have I kissed my wife? Once. No, I've been married for 11 years. I've kissed kissed her a million times. No, you haven't. You've kissed her once. From the time you woke up and you kissed her, that's how many times you've kissed her. Uh, Well, same thing with our families. Someone comes through that door and wants to stay. You know, we love it. You stay for a day, great. You stay for a month, great. You stay for three years, great. We're going to love you coming through that door. We're going to love you going out that door. And you know the impact. When I see people at a mall, they don't look the other way and run. They actually come up to me and we engage. You know, we say, hi, what's happening? There's no kind of remorse for like a bad breakup. And I think martial arts school owners need to stop that behavior. And that's one of the things I think is disruptive about my thinking. People look at me and go, wow, that makes sense on a human level. But they told me, you know, I'll be losing money. No, 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 no. On a business Service level. Is yep. The new, yep. Right. Service is the new profit. You put people before profit. And you need to respect people. You know, I'm a parent. If I quit your swim class, martial arts school, anything, you give me the third degree, I'm offended. Because it's none of your business why I'm quitting. Think about it. Yep. Is it anybody's business? No, it's not. Because it might be a very sensitive matter. It might be financial. It might be because me and my wife are divorcing. It might be a million things. But realize it's none of your business, school owners. Please know that. We sit up on our throne sometimes, holier than thou. You know, because we're this martial arts black belt and I know everything. No, you don't. No, you don't. I saw a video the other day of some guy doing an active shooter. It was the most repulsive. He obviously knew nothing about it. And everybody was going, dude, you know, you better take some courses or you can't just do an active shooter thing because why? It's trendy right now. I'm going to get a lot more students. Let me throw an active shooter thing. And you really don't know anything about that subject. I don't know anything about it. And I knew that video looked very poor. (laughs) Kids Kids running towards a gun. A guy shooting a gun. Kids running towards the gun, trying to grab it while this guy's shooting. That is insane. That is freaking insane. But, hey, I got to capitalize. Here's a great opportunity to make money. I'll do an active shooter course. I'll do, it's, you know, we need to be responsible. We do. And don't think, the ego, because you're a black belt, that you're qualified to just teach anything you want. Not true. No. It's not true. It's, and folks listening, um, if this is the first time you've listened to Professor Beliso, especially if you're in the martial arts community, you might be thinking, what, wh- where is this guy coming from? What planet is he on? Well, I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. firsthand firsthand i did all those things he talked about i'm I'm getting all goosey and uh almost teary-eyed here thinking and it, it, it it's all i knew at the time so that that's not an excuse that's just the reality of things but i chose just like you can choose to learn the only way to learn what you don't know is to surround yourself with people who know what you don't know and be willing to drop your ego ego and be humble and learn I used to have a sign, Professor, that uh, was above, and I, had, I mean, it was a huge banner. I spent, I don't know how much money on, had it made, and it said this. I've never met a child, or I'm sorry, I've never met an adult who was happy they were allowed to quit as a child. And, man, I stomped that thing in the ground. Anytime somebody wanted to quit, hey, did you read my sign? 
what an arrogant, egotistical jerk. I say that now. Am I right? Because Am I right? I look back. Oh, gosh, yes, you are. And, and it, But I didn't. Uh, all I knew was, hey, if you're quitting, you're giving up. And that was what was kind of pounded in the head. And that was the old school mindset. And then uh, before when I started trying to grow the business, I knew nothing about, oh, it was just month to month. People paid a check here and there. Well, I need to formulate a better business because I'd been bankrupt twice. So I need to come up with something better. So what did I do? I kind of leached on to what was out there. And now we went with the 12-month month contract, then the 24-month contract, and then we had, you know, we were charging for belt fees because that's what the Federation did and all these other things. Mm -hmm. I was reaching for straws because I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but none of it ever felt right, especially here this kid's in a 24-month contract, and three months in, they're done. And I'm like, well, you, you yep. signed it. Uh, I, I got to pay my car payment. You know, I signed it. I got to pay my house payment. I said all that bogus crap, which, you know, in yep. some people, if that's your line, fine, fine, fine. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, folks, listen to Professor Bliso. That's the right thing to do. Not only do you sleep better at night, you feel better at night. And the biggest thing is I'm big in the community. I try not to be egotistical here, but I do a lot for the community. I'm out there. We were business of the year last year in our community. I mean, that's 2,500 businesses. That's good for you, sir. Good for you. Because you know why? You know, if you read books like Good to Great, there is the whole movement of service values-based businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I did the right thing. I'm going to share this openly with you because it'll go public on Monday. You're one of the first to hear it. I just signed a licensing agreement with Melody Schumann. Oh. And, you know, because I had little ninjas, then it got taken from her in this whole lawsuit thing. And so it never evolved, right? Little ninjas never got the chance to get the third edition, the 2.0 version, the 3.0. So I took it and made it better. I took it, made it better, evolved into my excellent kids, and we're talking in Cancun, and now she owns all the copyrights again. So she's methodically going out there and talking to people, and some are pushing back against her. And I said, you know what, Mel, you credit is deserved where credit is due. And I cut her a check, a five-figure check, and I happily did that. You know who I bounced it off first? My wife. Then I bounced it off my team, and I said, it's the right thing to do. Support Mel. You know, work with her. Because it's the right thing for the industry. It sets a precedent. And it is. You know, because I know I'm going to make so much more money working with Melody versus fighting her in court. It's the right thing to do. So for any school owner out there who runs a kid's program that thinks they created it, no, you know, we didn't get into edutainment and the way kids are taught until Melody Schumann came out with Little Ninjas. I've been around this industry for, what, 50 years? I I didn't get into the game until I was 38 owning a school. So the past 18, but in all those years, in the past 18 years, nobody came out with a kid's education system like she did. So for any of us to say we're not influenced by Melody Schumann is appalling, is appalling and egotistical. So I cut her a nice check and I'm grateful to work with her because it's the right thing to do, Rich. Absolutely. It's the right thing to well, do. It, 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 it is. It gets back to that point of the, the service. What you're doing is you're building a tribe. You're trying to help out, but you're doing it for the right reasons. And, uh, yes. I, and, and yes. I, guess, uh, uh, I definitely want to speak uh, about the awesomeness of Melody in just a second. I just don't want to forget this thought. The, uh, the special studio owners that still do the contracts. Once again, do you do that? That's fine. Uh, I did it. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It just, you know, as a matter of fact, <laughs> here's a story. There's uh, we we moved to a new church. Uh, we've been with them about a year and a half now. I was baptized right around Christmas time, so I mean that's just wonderful. It's really huge with the church now. There's a family at the church that was a part of our academy uh, four or five years ago. Academy or they were in a 12 month agreement. 
about the sixth or seventh month, <clears throat> excuse me, they their, their son didn't want to do it anymore. Now, they ask, can we get out of this? I'm like, well, it's a contract. You're supposed to do this. This was five years ago. I see that family, and it still eats away at me. It still eats away at me. So you know what I did? I went to him just the other day, and I said, you know, I know when, uh, I don't want to say the kid's name, but when he quit, you guys were in the contract. That was wrong of me. I am so, so sorry. If you ever want to come back, I'll gladly give you that many months on me just to come back and try it out again. We've got a whole different system. We do it differently now. It's month to month. If you don't like it because we're not living up to what your expectations are, then, you know, you, you, you move on. It was hard for me to do that because, one, I had to drop my ego. Two, I was embarrassed, but it's learned. So, folks, it's learned. You're going to see these people in the community. You don't want them turning the eyes. Oh, there's that crooked martial arts guy. Oh, there's that guy that took me to court. Oh, there's that guy that made me pay even though my kid didn't want to go. And for whatever reason, like you said, Professor, they wanted to quit. You didn't serve their needs, so they are moving on. Whatever, whatever, let it go. Because the I, I look back now, and I spent so much time on making sure this person paid, and it was $100 a month back then. It was ridiculous, tripping over dollars to save pennies. Now it's month That's to month. That's right. See, and, and, and somebody said that, Rich, and this is simply not true. They said, well, if I go for a loan at the bank, I need to show that I have all these accounts coming in, money for future. I said, you know, I opened my second location. I got a $300,000 loan. They never once asked to see how many people I have on contracts how much money I have in the future. All they cared about is what's on my tax returns, what are my assets, my credit to debt ratio. That's all they cared about. So that's a whole mis- misconception. I'm not sure who created that or why they think that's, that's weight. It's not, because we all know if somebody wants out of your little contract, they're gonna get out of it. Yeah. If, the US can, if the US can pull out of accords and treaties and we break you know, massive deals all the time, believe me, somebody can get out of your little contract. <laughs> And, they can. And how so, have you scarred yourself in the community after doing that? Yeah. yeah. But remember, it's, it's always been done one way. So when I brought that into the industry, people do to this day. Some think I'm a heretic. Some think I'm crazy. Some think I'm a nut. Well, I'm a nut to the tune of $2 million <laughs> a year now. Right? Well, and, and because you, you again, the, all the things that folks out there, you're listening like, what the heck? $2 million a year. The Professor Police was one of the most humble human beings I know. And, and I've learned so much from him, and our business has evolved because of this. And I've also learned, you know, money is not the root of all evil. It's a root, but it's it's the person who utilized the money in that way. You give more to charity right. now, and because of you, my goal this year, sir, I'm, I've said it a couple times on the podcast, my goal this year is to give over $25,000 to charity. Now, would I be Good able to do Good that? Thing. Would I be able to do that if I was only making $25,000 a year? <laughs> no, sir. No, no sir. not at all. And I look back no, and my, uh, oh, my goodness gracious, one of my, uh, I guess, third or fourth year teaching as a, uh, a PE teacher, I did that during the day while trying to run the academy at night. That was my salary, $25,000. That was it for the mm-hmm. whole year. Now I have a goal to give that amount to charity. And I wouldn't be able to do that if we weren't doing the right things with growing the business, growing the community, inspiring others. Now think about how much good that can do for charity. 
I wouldn't be able to do that before. And that's where Zeke Ziegler comes in. All about, you know, how do you get everything going in life? By helping enough other people get what they want. But you've got to yep. have that service-based mindset, that service. What am I here to do? I'm here to help others. I'm here to help others become their very best. Knowing not – and what was the line you said about um, – uh, your, your accountant told you about being broke at uh, – that it's okay to be young and broke. It's not okay to be old and broke. Yeah. It's not a good thing. Well, and then the, it's not uh, a good thing. The, uh, the heartfelt, I mean, that was the thing too. Oh, you can't charge more than $50 a month because, man, that's criminal. You're, you're insulting the integrity of your art. I thought all those things. I said all these things. Mm-hmm. I lived all these things. I believed all these things. But that was mm-hmm. just immature, and it was also ego. Ego because— But, see, but, but the reason people fall for it, like the snake and oil salesman who stood at the side of the road with the elixir that cures everything— you know, back in the day, if you don't know thyself, Rich, if you don't really spend the time knowing yourself, warts and all, imperfections and all, and you're coming from a place of a why, purpose-driven, whatever that might be for you, I can't define that. For me, it is service. It is service. And I cut Melody that check because it's the right thing to do. It serves our industry. It sets a precedent. And Miss Melody deserves it. For so many years, you know, she didn't get her due. She deserves this. And, and I'm going to say it repeatedly. Every martial arts school owner out there, if you're in some kind of lawsuit with her, suck it up and pay her a licensing fee. Knock it off. Let your ego check it at the door. Because I've been around this game forever. And I remember when there weren't kids training in the martial arts. Because I was one of those kids in 1969 training when no kids trained. I saw the whole <laughs> evolution. And it did not the whole kid thing didn't radically change, not just when Karate Kid came out in the 80s, it radically changed when Miss Melody came out with Little Ninjas. Radically changed our industry in every shape, way, and form. So she's finally getting her due, and rightfully so. She's a great person. She loves our industry, and she wants us to see us to do well. Should she get paid for it? Absolutely. 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 People make so, so much money off her programs and thinking, and then just like mine. I mean, you know, you should get paid. You should get paid. But I just want to share this one thing going back about five minutes, Rich. Sure, sure. You know, I'm not, af- I'm not afraid of what I don't know, right? Oh, you're afraid of the unknown. Be afraid. You know, I'm afraid of what I do know some days, Rich, because that what I do know narrows my vision, narrows my thinking, limits that learning growth mindset. So every day we talk about emptying our cup. When I wake up in the morning and do my morning meditation, part of that, other than gratitude and all the rest, is to truly empty my cup with a sense of humility and and true self-discipline that I am a learner, I'm a growth mindset, and I cannot do that from a place of ego and fear. I cannot. I just can't. Well, and and people are going to say, well, how do you do that? That, Now, here's the thing. And uh, habits. You've made it a habit to do that. I'm on a, I'm going to say this, I've been trying, uh, trying, and that's the key word, trying, not doing, but trying to meditate for 35, 40 years. <laughs> well, maybe not for, yeah, close. And uh, trying because I didn't develop a habit or a pattern of consistency of doing it. I'm on a 54-day streak of, of meditating, and I've got a little app that, Good for uh, you. yeah, it's, uh, and I've tried, I've got, I think, six, seven different meditative apps on my phone, and I, I've tried them, and I've kind of, you know, went a day, went five days, went 10 days. Well, I get a little badge now for every 10 days, and I will complete it a whole month. I get another badge. I mean, it's silliness, but it just that extra it works push for you. And drive. Yes, it, it works does. For you. But what yeah. works, what works is I've made it a habit to do it. 
two times a day and I'm squeezing yeah. in a third time in the afternoon now. I set aside yeah. five minutes to recharge that battery. And what that's done, that is, and I'm a pretty high strung guy. We all know that. I'm always, you know, moving a million miles an hour. This has helped me empty that cup on a discipline, uh, well, discipline way, but it's discipline because I'm doing it every single day. And by doing that, holy cow, my productivity has gone up. My uh, sense of feeling good about myself has gone up. And all the people I'm impacting, they can all tell a difference. I, um, I kind of let my exercise, my personal training drift off because I was pursuing that. Well, I got to make the business work. Got to make the business work. Got to make the business work. Putting myself first. You kind of gave me a right hook of reality, followed up immediately by Kiyoshi Kovar, and then two podcasts ago, Chip Town was, Townsend was on it and kind of confirmed it all. <laughs> and it was all about if you're not properly taking care of yourself, you are de- doing a disservice to everybody you're trying to impact. Now, That's you guys right. said Absolutely. it in an eloquent manner, especially Kiyoshi Kovar. You know how eloquent he is with his delivery. But what I took it at was this. And folks listening, think about this. Uh, this is what I received. Do you enjoy disrespecting your members? Do you enjoy disrespecting the people that you're here to serve? And I'm like, well, no, no, I don't do it. I, I do everything I can to serve them. I'm going out of my way. I'm not sleeping at night. I'm not doing this. I'm skipping workouts. I'm skipping meals. The whole point is, if you're doing that, you're not at 100%. If you're not 100%, how in the world do you think you're given 100% to serve others? Start taking care of yourself. Exercise, right, but what- eat right, meditate, have your shutdown time so you're on top mm-hmm. of your game to properly serve them to their very, very best. Therefore, you're not disrespecting them. Now, you well, and again, Kiyoshi again. didn't say it in that manner, but that's how I received it. So, folks, oh. receive it in that manner to put yourself first, to be at your best, to serve others at their best. I'm sorry, sir. Go ahead. See, but but the, the challenge with that, Rich, just in a nutshell, you see that in the medical industry. They're some of the most unhealthy people we have. <laughs> it's like wow. we wear it like a badge of honor. I sacrifice myself I for other people. I'm a great codependent. I'm a super great codependent. Why well, can't work out because I got to take care of the kids? Why well, can't work out because I'm busy growing the business? I can't work out because I'm serving everybody, you know, where we get to be the victim. And the victim is, is really unhealthy. So I'm no good to anybody unless I am good to myself. I'm ever, ever mindful of that. And, and by the grace of God, I mean, I started learning the meditation at five years old. Kids didn't train when I started in 1967. So my introduction to the martial arts, I was allowed to sit in Saison when classes were two hours and I would have to watch the class because my dad wanted to prove to everybody I was not going to be disruptive as a child training in an adult class. Two hours a night, no color crayons, no book, nothing. I would sit in Saison watching the class for two hours. Other than getting up and going to the bathroom, I sat there and this went on for like three months. So I learned to meditate at a very young age where for me, meditation is a constant state of being. Walking meditation, breathing meditation, eating meditation, because what is the true essence of meditation? Being mindful, being mindful of your breath. And we can do that because the breath is the one thing, Rich, that connects the mind and the body, correct? We all know that yoga, any Eastern meditation philosophy, breathing, mindful breathing, being mindful of your breath connects the mind and body. So I do it when I drive a car. I do it when I teach a class. I do it when I'm eating food. I meditate 24 seven because if I can master that, you're in a constant state of bliss no matter how chaotic life can be around you. Yeah, well, that's, you know, and Kiyoshi talks about that, uh, Satori, the Satori, mm-hmm. and that's beautiful. And another, I bring this up to our staff all the time because I need to hear it myself, but be where your feet are. 
If your feet are there, gosh darn it, you be there 100%. And that, that, and that by doing that, by just simply having that mindset. Now, it's not easy, just like nothing in life is easy, especially if it's a big change. But the change is worth it. The effort is worth it. Have that attitude. And uh, Chip Townsend, a couple weeks ago, had mentioned about his kind of uh, top three or core three or the, the order of, of his life is God, self, family. And, uh, and, and he said he gets a lot of kickback on that, on why in the world would you put yourself above your family? And he went right back to what we just talked about. If he's not at his best, he can't serve others to his best. So he's not going to use his family or he's not going to have that badge of honor, which, you know, I used to do it all the time too. Hey, I only got two hours of sleep last night, but I'm still going strong. I mean, that's ridiculous. No. And yeah, we have to sometimes, when we're kind of young and dumb, if you will, do those things because we think that's the only way. Man, I look back on that now and think about all the failures and everything that it led to that just wasn't very smart. I didn't know any better. It was my own fault for not seeking knowledge. But folks out there, if you're doing that, if you're saying that, if you're wearing it as a badge of honor that you're not working out, you're not exercising, you're not eating properly because you're doing everything else, you're only sleeping two hours, and stop that. That is ego, ego, ego. Be humble. Well, I, Be and, your best. And, and a, a, a great, simple, um, everyday action yes. that is very relative to what Chip was saying is like when you're on an airplane. If the oxygen max drop out, who puts on the mask first? Well you said. Yep. Then, you, then you put the one on your kid, right? Yep. They tell you that in their little presentation. <laughs> where you put yours on first and strap it on before you put it on the kid. Because if you're not breathing, you ain't putting it on this kid. Yep, folks. How, how many? Right? How many? So, how many uh, great guests have we had on the podcast that has used that exact same analogy? Think about that. Oh, for really? A minute. Oh my gosh! Well, uh, Excellent. Yeah, other people. Well, it's true. It, well, it it's is true, true. and it, it's so true. What, what uh, Kiyoshi always says about cliches. You know what's powerful about cliches? Well, they've stood the test of time, so they must have some merit. Absolutely, sir. Uh, but it, absolutely, it, and that's uh, that's the whole essence of the show here, the Kick and Life show, the Kick and Life podcast. We're going to kick kick you around if need be to help you live your best Kick in Life, to help you become your very very best, to help you realize that if you're not at your best, then you can't be at your best at helping others. And I, uh, Professor, I credit you so much with helping me, as you like to call it, peel back the layers of the onion, <laughs> the Shrek reference, or, yeah. you know, stand there, just kind of naked to the world, expose whatever you need to, to let people know that you're human. You've got flaws, warts and all, that you've got those things. You've made mistakes, or I'm saying you as in me, have made these mistakes, but darn it, I want to do what I can to share those, which before, that was, uh-uh, don't you dare share anything personal because you're the master, and the master can't have any imperfections. Well, that's bull crap. I'm telling you that right now. I'm calling BS on that because that it, you can't connect with people that way. People know it's fake. Be who you are. Connect. And by, by doing those things, by kind of living those principles that you've so uh, wonderfully instilled on so many people, especially me, life has gotten so much better. Now, I still fight my battles. I'm not in a sunshine rainbow, as you like to call it, kumbaya world. I realize the world can be a mean, nasty, ugly place. It can be. But I can also choose, as you said earlier in the podcast, these are the cards I'm dealt. How am I going to play them? That's what matters. I agree. I agree. I was coming out of the, I got a massage yesterday, and it was raining really hard when I went in. And when I came out, there was a rainbow. And it just reminds me of that metaphor uh, Brandon Lee said in that interview when he died right before the crow. Yep. 
Um, and he said that, you know, it can't rain all the time. It just can't rain all the time. And that, uh, that's just basically saying, hey, be optimistic. Even though you might be having a bad day, it's not always going to be this way. And if you can see that, and then you'll be able to work through it because you have that sense of hope. And that's where faith is a powerful tool. Faith is believing in what can't be seen yet. I believe it's going to get better. I believe that. Just like the guy who walks in, they say, you have cancer, you're going to be dead in six months. Here he is 20 years later, and the doctors are scratching their head. Because, no, that's your belief system. I believe I'm going to get healthy and be well. And here that guy is 20 years later. You know, a miracle, as one would say. But faith is a miracle. That's the cool thing about faith. Faith itself is a miracle, especially in today's culture. We're talking about the word God is like, oh, you better not talk about God. I'm going to be offended. It's not politically correct. And, you know, I, I think that's silly. I mean, part of being who I am is expressing my faith. And that's if, if it makes people upset. That's cool. You know, but I hang out with Buddhists. I hang out with Muslims. It doesn't make no difference. I think it's good orderly direction. And it all points to the same place. Mm-hmm. People who manipulate, you know, going back to money is the root of all evil. It's not money that's evil. It's people that choose yep. to be evil. And it's evil people that take something great, a spiritual practice, and manipulate it, manipulate it for their own selfish cause. You know? Yeah. Well, and folks, um, Think about the it. last episode, that's <laughs> wonderful. The last episode, Professor Bliso had a little segment, and it was all about faith. He, was, he had a brief little singing of the George Michael song, Gotta Have Faith, and it's true. You do. And faith with action, that leads to results. You know, you, you've got to have that actionable step, but you got to believe it's possible and believe in yourself. And then a few episodes prior to that, we talked about, uh, is money the root of all evil? No, people mm-hmm. are the root of all evil. Money just lays there. It doesn't do anything. It's what you yeah, it do doesn't. with it. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know what? We were working knife defenses the other night. And I said, don't be afraid of the knife. And I threw the knife on the ground. Yeah. And I said, it's just a piece of metal. It's not the knife. It's the person it's holding yep. the knife. That's when it becomes a, a weapon of, of, of destruction. You can get hurt. It's the same thing here. Money's just a currency. It's just, you know, a number. It's how we choose to use that. Use that money for good and help people or use that money to feed our ego and live a decadent, unhealthy lifestyle or use that money to create a nuclear warhead or use that money to, you know, help people in Ethiopia who, who are starving. It's just, it's all a choice. Yes. And I think about having being rooted in some type of faith, I believe good orderly direction, you know, an acronym I use for God that it's going to help me make better choices, right? It just will. Absolutely. I just think, and, and, and I believe that passionately. So faith and gratitude and humility, all those things together combined into this, this culture of service we created equals to monetary prosperity. Why would God create money if he didn't want us to have it? I think that's silly to sit there and think, well, no, if you have money, then you're evil. And if you have money, that's, that's silly. That's just totally silly. Well, and, and you know? I, I think was led to believe all, that growing all deserve up. To be, yeah, I mean, yeah we should be... We should be rich beyond our wildest dreams, but rich spiritually, yes. rich emotionally, rich in relationships, rich in physical health, and of course, rich in financial wealth. Yep. They, they should all be there. I don't see why not. Wait, and, I don't and, see why I, not. I, like most of us, was, was kind of brought up in uh, you know, well, very poor circumstances, and that was the thing. Oh, rich people mm-hmm. are bad people. Money's uh, you don't want money, Richie. Richie, uh, you don't want that at all. You, know, you want to be a good yeah. person, and money is not a good person. And that was kind of a planted in me from, <laughs> my gosh, all the way up. That was, those were the seeds that were planted. And it was kind of a change to uh, have a different mindset on that. But now the mindset is, 
I can do so much more with it. And it's who, whose hands it's in that's going to make the difference. Yeah, there's bad people that well, misuse it all the time. But, you know, yep. there's a lot of, yep. there's millions and millions of people out there like Professor Beliso, Yoshi Kovar, Chip Towns, and Melody Schumann, and the, John Bashard. The list goes on and on and on. And yeah. that's just in the martial arts community <laughs> that are doing so and, many and, great and, things. And all of us, but, and all of us are financially doing very well on yes, top sir. of it all. On top of it all. You know, think of John Broussard is what, 14, 15 schools? I mean, he's making really good money and he's a really good person and he's giving it, a lot of it back and helping the community. But that conditioned thinking, what does it say in the Bible? It's, hard, it's going to be harder for a rich man to get into heaven than for a camel to get through the eye of a needle. You know, I mean, stuff like that, I think, is misconstrued. Well, From what I read or heard recently, yeah. that that needle was actually a gateway somewhere. Um, I don't know if it was in Jerusalem or somewhere. It was just a metaphor. Just a metaphor. Hmm. It was just a metaphor. And, and it's not. I, I think it's silly. But now, when you got somebody saying, oh, well, God told me if I don't get $2 million, <laughs> then, you know, there's a huge difference there, right? Yeah. So the donate more, The more now. you send, the you more I pray donate. for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a huge difference. That, that's man, an evil man, yep. using God for his own selfish gain. There's a huge difference there. But if you know you live a right life, you do the best thing, you do the right thing by people, you serve them well, and you're profitable, yeah, that, that, I, I can put my head down on a pillow at the end of the night. I'm cool with that. I'm very cool with that. Well, and I tell you, it, my life has gotten much better when I'm not worried every single day if the electric's going to be shut off, if the uh, water bill is going to be paid, if my car is going to be repossessed again. I mean, yep. I went through the two bankruptcies, a house foreclosure, uh, multiple car repossessions. And I tell you, folks, <laughs> man, oh, man, that, that, that creates more stress and uh, than, than you ever, ever want to know. Now, that was my own choices. I just made some poor decisions and poor choices. I wasn't very intelligent with the business. Those things happened. But I tell you, not having to worry about those things anymore, and, I, and you only got so much focus energy. <laughs> when I'm focusing all my energy about what I hope doesn't happen, I'm sure as heck not focusing my energy on what I want to happen, which is to help out as many people as possible. And you can't think about helping others when you can't even help yourself by paying your dog on power bill. So there, there's kind of That's where right. we're coming with that. Golly, Professor, we I are agree. we've been going at it over an hour here, man, man. Um, let's, uh, if it's okay with you, maybe we can carry this conversation on on podcast number sixty-one next week and possibly pick up where we sure. left off. Is that okay with you? Absolutely, absolutely. Gosh absolutely. darn. Well, folks, uh, man, oh man, oh man, oh. I, I know you get to hear Professor Bleeso for little five-minute segments just about every week. Now you got to hear him for well over an hour, and we're going to hear him again next week. And our goal and everything I try and do with this podcast here is to help empower, inspire, motivate as many people as possible to believe in themselves, to get up when the mean old bad world, which it can be, knocks your butt down to get back up, dust yourself off and say, you know what, I'm taking another crack at this thing. I believe in myself. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to plant the right seeds. I'm going to be the person that God intended me to be, and I'm going to be everything I was born to be. Professor Bleso, uh, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and share with everybody how they can find you with uh, everything you're doing. Please, sir. Absolutely. Uh, you'll find me at Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. I have tons of videos, motivational videos. Go to BradandBleso.com. I have e-learning products. I have a great TED Talk that's out there called Happy on Purpose. I have a great selling book called Live, Learn, and Grow, Lessons of Reluctant Tiger, available at Amazon.com. Uh, the big event coming up in April, which I encourage every school owner to come join me. It's called It's Time Live 2018. Go to brandonblisa.com slash it's time slash live. And I want to leave you with this. 
be perfect in your imperfection. It doesn't matter how much me or Rich or anybody tells you how wonderful you are. You have to be okay with you. And it's only through that journey of self-discovery, pulling back your own covers, and starting from the starting point that, you know what? God does love you, warts and all. If we believe God made us, then we know. You know, I know what sin I have. I know what I was born because God made me. He's not going to love me any less. But I think it makes him really sad when knowing this and having this sense of awareness, I choose to turn a blind eye and behave inappropriately. I don't think I'm punished. I don't believe God is a punishing God. I think he gets sad, though, because we all have this opportunity to be better versions of ourselves. We all have opportunities to be the best example of faith and, and, and what it takes to, to do that, yet we choose not to. So know that, because that's the one thing we know as well, right, Rich? Absolutely. Right? God gave us the, he, he gave us the freedom of choice. Yep. That's the one thing he never took away from us. And that, that's very intentional because each of us were made in his, you know, in, 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 in God's manner, his shape. We're, sure. we're, we're all living images of God, right? But yeah, we're ourselves. That free mold will. Is broke. We are there. We, the only thing we can really do is our choices, our free will to make those choices. Right. And God's left that but, in but our that hands. Free will, I think, but he gave us that free will because he made each of us special and unique in who we are. So that self-will he can watch us just smile and watch us soar and be better versions of ourselves every day. Or, you know, his love and mercy will pray and, 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 and hope for us as we choose to be lesser versions of ourselves. And that's the big thing I learned. The life I created was the one I created. Oh, God, why did you let this happen to me? No, no, no. I'm the one who chose <laughs> to do that inappropriate behavior. That ain't got nothing to do with that. You know, and so once I recognized all that, and once I recognized I'm not going to hell because I was born into poverty, I was born into being molested, I was born being physically abused, I was born a victim, I, I never lost faith. I always knew God loved me, even in a foster home, even when I was physically molested and beaten. I always knew God loved me. I just recognized that all of this is what brought me to who I am today. And I'm not ashamed of any of it. I speak about it publicly because you know what? I'm not concerned what other people think about me because I know God loves me. Oh. What, folks, my gosh, my gosh, what a great, great show. And, Professor, as always, your humility. Happy anniversary. Oh, thank Happy you. Happy anniversary. 60th. I, I, that's amazing to me. And what I, I couldn't think of a better way, uh, a better guest to have on the show. Thank you so much for being a part of just about. No, I'm uh, grateful. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the, the past week, I don't know, I guess it's been probably. Well, 10, 11, 12 weeks, and you've been on the show three different times, and uh, listeners absolutely okay. love it. Listeners out there, please help us continue to build our tribe of positive, motivated thinkers, and that's how we're going to make our community, our society, a happier, healthier, and safer place to live by working together, cultivating, building that tribe of people that care for one another, people that love one another, people who aren't afraid to say that, hey, I've messed up in the past. I've done this in the past, but I want to be a better person because I want to serve others to my very best to once again make our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. Thank you so much, Professor. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Well, folks out there, uh, I've started a new group. It's a Facebook thing there. Uh, it's been up uh, about a week now. It's called Living Your Best Kick in Life. Make sure you check that group out. Uh, it's a public group, so get on in there and uh, share your thoughts. Also got the Kick in Life page, which is kind of the fan page. Like that page as well. And, of course, with this podcast, share it with as many others as possible. 
to help everybody live their best kick in life. All right. Well, as always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you download, subscribe, and share with others. And until we talk again, you get out there and do your very best, and I promise you'll be your very best. God bless you. God bless your loved ones. I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. Have a blessed day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week. Another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.